You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Lockdown Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Not only is Lockdown Patriots a proud part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, we are also free and available on all platforms. So make sure to smash that subscribe button on YouTube or download and follow wherever you get your podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Fan Nation. Please reach out to me. Let me know what's on your mind on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there showing some social media love to Locked On Patriots, follow our account there as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And Pats fans, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. The New England Patriots have some serious problems to solve, and they need serious people to solve them. And one of the great things about welcoming in my guest today is that not only does he bring a level of wisdom and counsel here that always breaks the meter when he joins me, he is also the voice of reason we desperately need in Patriots Nation right now, especially when you're evaluating or appraising the New England Patriots for their 2023 performance heading into 2024. He is my good friend, my Patriots Paisan, columnist extraordinaire for PatsFans.com, along with being the co-host of another amazing podcast, Patriots 4th and 2, alongside our good friend Derek Havens. He is Steve Balistrieri. Steve, welcome back to the pod. Thank you for joining me today, my friend. Oh, always a pleasure, my friend. You do such a great job here, and... <laughs> and I'm always honored to be asked back on. Steve, yesterday here on the pod, I talked about getting back to business. And if the New England Patriots are getting back to business, well, they are definitely back in the boardroom evaluating everything, performing an appraisal, if you will, of the New England Patriots right now. Uh, the 2023 performance wasn't exactly one to write home about, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But the Pats have approximately $69 million in estimated available cap space, according to our good friend Miguel Benzon, who joined us here last week. Folks, if you want financial pearls of wisdom, there is no finer man in the business to provide them. Check out last week's episode. He'll be back sooner rather than later to provide a lot more clarity as we draw closer to the free agency period. But, Steve, the Patriots right now are at a crossroads. They are heading into a season without Bill Belichick as their head coach for the first time in nearly a quarter century. There is an awful lot of reevaluation. There's an awful lot of rebuilding that needs to be done in all three phases, mostly on the offensive side of the board. We saw the output last year, Steve. It was not pretty. Uh, the Patriots will have a new offensive coordinator with Bill O'Brien now off to Ohio State. As we speak, they are purportedly interviewing candidates. Nick Cayley, gentleman we know well, 
former tight ends coach here with the New England Patriots. He's interviewing for the offensive coordinator position, as is his colleague with the Los Angeles Rams, Zach Robinson. And, of course, we found out last night, Dan Pitcher, the quarterback's coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, did a phenomenal job helping to bring along not only Joe Burrow, but also navigating them through that injury and the difficulties that they had there. Steve, when you look at what the Patriots are going to do, and they're going to obviously have a new offensive direction next year, you can't really get to where you're going without knowing where you've been. And that means knowing the right people to keep in place. When you look at the offense from start to finish, we like to end on a high note, so let's start with the bad. Where are the areas that the Patriots absolutely need to tear down and rebuild heading into 2024? Well, I think it starts with the offensive line because, you know, we, we were talking about that all season long. You know, he, I think you could have an Aaron Rodgers there behind center. And with the, the troubles of the offensive line, you know, he he would have struggled. I mean, I, I think anyone would have because they just weren't good enough. They weren't opening holes in the running game. Um, and they didn't pass protect nearly well enough. So I think everything starts with the offensive line. Next, you do need a quarterback. I think, um, you know, uh, we've seen both of the quarterbacks struggle. I think Mac Jones's confidence is, is broken right now. Whether or not he can be, uh, you know, uh, I guess – reinvigorated either here or somewhere else remains to be seen and uh you know wide receiver they just aren't good enough um you know they can bring and in all three of these they can bring back some guys but they they really need to go outside the organization bring in new blood bring in some playmakers at all three of those and the fourth thing they need a third down running back um, yeah, very good they need that pass catcher coming out of the backfield. And, of course, you know, also in that list, they don't have any tight end sign for next year. You mm. know? So <laughs> very good point. <laughs> so the laundry list is long for the Patriots. And they do, as you mentioned, they have a, a boatload of cash. Um, Ger Gerard Mayo made mention of it, um, you know, uh, on the radio yesterday, I saw the quote that they're, you know, going to back up a Brinks truck and spend that money. And they really need to spend it wisely, you know, between free agency and the draft. And they need to make some splashes. And that's where you start, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they have a lot of work to do. So basically what we're saying is every position <laughs> on offense needs an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, you look at what the Patriots are going to go into in 2024. I think there's one thing on offense that is certain, and that Ramondre Stevenson will continue to be your everyday number one running back. He'll be your top option at the position without any question. But beyond that, there are a ton of question marks. You mentioned the tight end position. They don't have a tight end other than LaMichael Petway, who signed a two-year deal just before the end of the season under contract for next season. Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, Farrell Brown, all headed for unrestricted free agency without any question about it. And that's a bad thing for the Patriots because I thought that was one of their more productive positions this season. And even they weren't perfect. You know, you look at what Hunter Henry did, 42 catches, 419 yards, six touchdowns. That led the team. Um, 
unfortunately, missing the last three games of the season with a knee injury, he had been solid and healthy right through the duration of his contract, right up to that. Farrell Brown, I think, surprised some people. He has an ability to flash as a pass catcher. Very good blocker. If I'm the Patriots, I'm looking to see what I need to do to keep him in a Patriots uniform. Ezekiel Elliott is someone that I've been very vocal. I'd love to see come back, but I think he's going to get a more lucrative deal elsewhere. The Patriots can work out a deal with him, and he's willing to come back for 85 or 90 cents on the dollar. Uh, I think you do that in that situation because I think he does provide you with a solid complement to Ramondre's um, running style. The receivers, Murph and I talked a lot about the receivers yesterday, folks, when we talked about potential targets in the draft. Free agency, I think, is going to be rough. I would love to see Kendrick Bourne come back. Uh, he was one of their more productive guys this year. You know the team wants to build around Pop Douglas and keep that going. Um, but when you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, when you look at Devontae Parker, there are financial hits that the Patriots would have to take in order to part ways with them. I don't necessarily see them doing that. So you're probably looking at a logjam of talent that you're going to have to extract from to see who's salvageable and who's not. Those are the positions right now where there's some work to do. The positions right now where there's a lot of work to do involve the offensive line and involve the quarterback position. Quarterback maybe more so than anything else, Steve. I mean, I don't think there's either a franchise quarterback or a serviceable 17-game starter on this roster right now, which means the Patriots have to go out either in free agency or through the number three pick in the draft to get the guy that's going to lead them this season. That's going to tell you a lot about what their offseason plans are. So that, to me, is probably a big priority. And then the offensive line, what are you going to do with the tackle positions? Trent Brown, is that relationship salvageable now that Bill Belichick is gone and Gerard Mayo is here? Maybe Trent comes back on a reduced deal. He had a pretty good season when he was healthy and when he was locked in and on the field. And then you've got the other side. What happens with Michael Wayno? Um a lot of reports out there right now, Steve, are not optimistic about bringing back Michael Weno. I know that the Patriots would love to have him back, but it's going to have to be at a mutually agreed price. That could be a problematic situation as well. So, my friend, that's my evaluation. If you were good, if you were grading the Patriots or appraising the Patriots, we'll stick with the letter grades because you are the professor here on Locked On Patriots, yeah. and I'm not going to take that title away from you. What would you grade the Patriots' offense if you're handing – an evaluation sheet to new head coach Gerard Mayo. How would you appraise this team? How would you grade them? Quarterbacks, D minus. Running back, B minus. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they should bring back Ezekiel Elliott uh, if they can come to an agreement. I thought he was really good this year. Uh, and imagine how good he would have been if they had any kind of blocking for him. Mm -hmm. That's why I believe that. Uh, you know, uh, Ramondre Stevenson with a, an improved offensive line this year is going to have a big season. Um, wide receivers, D. Tight ends, incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> and offensive line, D minus. Um, you know, so we're, we're looking at a, a really important rebuild this year and uh, they might not be able to get it all done you know in year one because the task is daunting but i you know is i've saw the reports that you know they're worried that a when you is going to be priced out of their range you know i i when i look at it i was like 
you might have to bite the bullet and pay him because your your tackle uh, position was so important and it didn't come through last year. And, you know, uh, they drafted a couple of rookie uh, guards and, you know, those guys should be better in year two. I, I expect, you know, Maffey and City South. I, th- I think they'll be better in year two. They'll be more prepared, you know, for the rigors of the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Andrews starts getting more play. Mm-hmm. Um, David Andrews is, you know, he's getting up there in years. Uh, he's still solid. I'm not saying that he's bad, but, um, you know, it's just you have to spend the money this year. And if they have to bite the bullet with a when you and then draft or sign another free agent, you know, left tackle, then so mm. be it. I mean, you have to protect the guy that's back there, and they didn't do a good enough job of that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if they're going to draft a quarterback or sign, you know, maybe a franchise guy uh, like a Kirk Cousins, well, then, you know, with your third pick in the draft, then you might be able to go, you know, for Alt who's considered the best tackle in the draft or Marvin Harrison. And all of a sudden things aren't looking as bad. You know, it's all going to depend on how that goes. I know they've, uh, uh, there's been reports that the bears are going to draft a quarterback with Caleb Williams. Number one, if they do indeed do that, then, you know, Justin Fields is available with the trade. Now that would drastically change how the offense would run. But, uh, you know, maybe they can pick up a guy like him in in free agency and then draft a quarterback later to develop. Uh, You know, there's so many variables. And, I mean, the offense is is really in need of a complete retool. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, what the Patriots might do and who they might target, because to me, it brings it back full circle as to who they're going to bring in as their offensive coordinator. Right now, Steve, the three names that we mentioned to kick off the segment today in obviously Dan Pitcher, who I think is a little bit of a long shot. I think he ends up staying in Cincinnati, just my gut reaction. But Patriots are scheduled to have a Zoom conference with him, folks, so keep a sharp eye on that. But Nick Cayley. Definitely someone who spent time here in New England, knows the roster, knows a few of these guys on the team and their capabilities, but also has that knowledge of that McVay uh, pseudo Shanahan type offense where the outside zone becomes a little bit more of your uh, bread and butter in terms of running. And then, of course, you've got Zach Robinson, who I know is the hot name right now that everybody's looking at. Zach is a very talented coach and he's a very good, young, talented coach, folks. An opportunity there for the Patriots. He may be one of the best names on that list. So keep a sharp eye on all of those because that's going to give you a lot of telltale that the Patriots may be looking to incorporate that new style West Coast zone that the Patriots tried a couple of years ago but just didn't have the right guys to teach it and they didn't have the right personnel to run it. This year, I think Gerard Mayo is determined that if they're going to implement that, they're going to have both in place. So, Steve, absolutely spot on when it comes to the offense. A lot of problems, folks. And again, the Patriots have their work cut out for them. But on the opposite side of the ball, folks, the Patriots actually do have a pretty nice foundation built for themselves. The Patriots defense did some great things in 2023. How can they build on that? Who do they need to keep in Foxborough in order to keep that going? 
And who's going to be leading this defense this year? Steve and I are going to put our evaluation and our appraisal of the Patriots' defense on the table when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, the NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots, spending time with us here on your Tuesday, and it is Patriots Appraisal Day. That's right. Great reports coming out and taking a look at the Patriots' three phases and finding out what needs to be fixed, what can be salvaged, so that way the Pats can move forward into a new era under the 15th head coach in franchise history, Gerard Mayo. And joining me today is the man with the wisdom, the counsel, and the level-headed reason to make these types of decisions, my good friend and Patriots Paisan, Steve Balistrieri. Steve, we've been talking a lot about the offense, and anybody that's been listening for the last couple of minutes knows that we're not too high on the offensive output from last year for the New England Patriots. I think we have a lot of company in that regard. I don't think there are too many people that are throwing uh, bouquets at the Patriots' offensive output in 2023. But if we're talking defense, there definitely is a lot of salvageable content that the Patriots can look at with this defense and the job that they've done. I thought they performed surprisingly well under the circumstances. Um even though this team finished 4-13, and 13, they still finished 7th in overall defense. Uh, they were one of the top five teams in run defense this year. And the Patriots want to try to keep some of that success intact. Now, Gerard Mayo was a big part of that. He was acting, along with Stephen Belichick, as the de facto defensive coordinator. And his steady hand was really a guiding force. So the Patriots now have to replace that type of voice, that position. And we've heard a lot of names of guys that may come in either from internally within the organization or externally. Marcus Covington, obviously, I think heads the list. He would be my pick. But again, folks, that's just my personal preference. That's my opinion. There are a lot of qualified names on this list. Christian Parker, uh, you know, possibly coming in from the Broncos. Uh, Michael Hodges is a guy I talked about yesterday here on the pod from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, obviously, Stephen Belichick is still someone who has a possibility of taking an active role here. There's still a lot of names out there that could possibly come in and guide this ship, but they have to know where they've been to get to where they want to go. When you look at this defense, Steve, from top to bottom, Obviously, the front seven performed very well. The secondary had its issues, but they, I think, salvaged a pretty good season considering the injuries and the upheaval they had there. How would you evaluate this defense? Who stood out to you, and where do you think the Patriots need to focus their efforts to improve most this offseason? Yeah, again, I mean, you you look at the defense, and you know, with the exception of really a couple of games, they were very, very good all season long. Um, so 
you know, I think your defensive line, in fact, your front sevens, I think, in great shape. Now, mm -hmm. I would, you know, they have the young building blocks around some of these guys. And Christian Barmore, uh, to me, is right at the top of the list, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, around midseason, the light was really coming on from him. He was getting healthy and... You know, you saw that in his play. I think he has the ability to be a dominant kind of uh, defensive lineman in, in the interior. And I, I like the pieces on the front seven. They'll get, you know, arguably their best defensive player, Matthew Judon, back. You know, and he's, you know, by far their best pass rusher. But, you know, some of the other uh, young guys out there, right, uh, I thought Mac Wilson, you know, uh, after the injury set in, he played very well. Anthony Jennings, I thought, was incredible as a, as a run defender. Um, you know, he was tied for the most run stops with uh, Max Crosby. Um, mm -hmm. Tied for, I think, second or third, you know, um, with uh, tackles for loss with Khalil Mack. You're talking some really good company there, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so I'm looking at the front seven and being in really, really good shape. Not that they can't add to it, but that can be done, you know, uh, probably in free agency, pick up some role players. The secondary, obviously getting Christian Gonzalez back will be huge. Yeah. I think they, you know, with Jonathan Jones, Marcus will be coming back. They could use another cornerback that – you know, that they can depend on because they had injuries and whatnot there. Um, and then you have to make the decision at safety. Um, are you going to bring back Kyle Duggar? Um, because with, with the ascension of Jabril Peppers, do they break the bank for Kyle Duggar? Although I, I love the player, mm. but could that money be better spent on a free safety? You know, that's that's a question that they'll have to ask. But overall, I think the uh, defense is in really good shape because they'll get guys back. And that's, you know, those will be additions right right away to an already solid defense. And they the defense just needs tweaking, in, in my opinion. I think some of the guys that you've mentioned that were standouts this season that really proved themselves a – strong part of the defensive game plan moving forward for the Patriots. Guys like Jelani Tavai, guys like Juwan Bentley, who continues to be a team captain, led all linebackers in tackles with 114 total. Tavai was right on his heels with 110. These are guys that are all over the field and make plays when they need to. It's their job, but they do it well. Um, Mac Wilson, I think, is someone that showed his abilities and what the Patriots traded for a couple of years ago when they traded him straight up for Chase Winovich. This is the type of kid with a sideline-to-sideline -side speed that they've been lacking. And if they can bring him back at an affordable clip, I definitely think it's worth the efforts to try to bring him back because I think he was just starting to play his best football heading into the home stretch of the season. So 
lot of things to consider. Devon Godchow, Lawrence Guy, solid veterans. I do think they might try to rework those deals a little bit. Both of those guys carry an extraordinarily high cap hit for the output that they provide. So the Patriots may try to restructure a little bit. The biggest springboard that the Patriots are going to get from uh, this season heading into 2024 is the return of Christian Gonzalez. Changes the entire complexity of that defensive backfield. You've got your lockdown guy. Now it's a situation where people like Jonathan Jones and, like you said, Marcus Jones coming back. I would love to bring back Miles Bryan. I know a lot of people groan when I say that, but <laughs> folks, he has been one of the most solid contributors in that defensive backfield, especially last year. Go back and take a look at some of the film on some of the games. Yeah, there are moments when he gets beat. There are moments where he does look like he's out of his element, but if you give him a solid supporting cast, this kid can make plays. So um, I would look for him to be back there. And I, again, I agree with you. Biggest question, Kyle Duggar, do the Patriots look at him as a cornerstone? I look at him as a cornerstone. I mentioned that yesterday, but I do see the argument in moving on, especially if you feel that Peppers and maybe Marte Mapu can handle the load in that defensive backfield. So Patriots ultimately folks are in good shape on defense and whoever is going to inherit this defense's defensive coordinator is definitely getting the gem of the three units on the New England Patriots roster right now. Steve, once again, Professor, uh, evaluate this group of Patriots defenders, top to bottom, by position. What are your grades for this team on the sheet you're handing to Gerard Mayo? Well, I, you know, starting with the defensive line, I give them a solid B. I think they're and with a bullet, right? I think they're going to get better because, you know, as I mentioned, I think Christian uh, Barmore, you know, is at that point where he's going to become a dominant player. Uh, linebackers, I give him a B plus. I, I mm. like this linebacker group. You mentioned I, I omitted Bentley and Tavai because, you know, they're not going anywhere. They're already yeah. on the team. Um, but, you know, I, I am, they're getting Matthew Judon back. And I love what I've seen out of uh, Jennings and and uh, Mac Wilson. And I, I really believe Mapu is more of a linebacker than a safety. But he's one of those movable pieces that you can move around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with his speed and sideline to sideline, you know, on passing downs, you get guys like him and Mac Wilson in there. And, you know, you, all of a sudden now you have a ton of speed on the field. And I think they should utilize him more next year. And, and the secondary, I, I give him a B minus right now. Um, we'll see how everyone comes back if they're healthy. But I think, you know, with Christian Gonzalez back there, that liable to be moved up into the A range with just a little tweaking. Ultimately, I agree with you, Steve. This defense is in good shape. But, you know, we always like to end on a high note, my friend. It is not possible today. Where we are going to end on special teams, and this was always the highest note of the Patriots. You can make the argument that special teams may have been the best of the Patriots units in the early and mid days of the Belichick Brady dynasty. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. But I got news for you. The Patriots are well aware of this, folks, and they're going to take every step available to them to make sure that this unit returns to prominence. Starts with a new coach at the top, probably. Who are the key members of this team, and what does it mean for the guys coming back? Steve's going to provide his analysis and his appraisal of the Patriots' third phase when this episode of the Lockdown Patriots podcast wraps up 
right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, this year, pro football's big game is in fabulous Las Vegas. And just imagine what you could do with an extra $100 in Vegas. Maybe buy yourself a great dinner, or maybe let it all ride on red to honor those New England throwbacks, which in my humble opinion are the best-looking uniforms in the league, and there's not even a close second. Well, you can make that happen with Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with the code VEGAS100. You are going to love using the Game Time app. I recently used Game Time to purchase tickets for your favorite basketball team. That's right, those green teamers over at the Garden. And folks, let me tell you, Game Time gave me complete peace of mind. The Game Time app allowed me to see the view from my seat before I bought it, so I knew exactly what to expect when I arrived. And all-in prices showed my total up front, so I knew that I was getting a great deal before I even checked out. I bought my tickets in seconds with just two taps. And Game Time will do the same for you. They're actually obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. And right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply, so just download the Game Time app and use the code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining me here today on Locked On Patriots, breaking down the New England Patriots roster appraising from top to bottom all three phases and when you need appraisals you need grades and you need a level head to do it you go to the best there is my good friend my patriots paisan steve balistrieri of patsfans.com lending the wisdom and counsel and the grades for the patriots offense the patriots defense and steve now we have the unenviable task of grading the patriots special teams Uh, i mentioned coming in that we couldn't end on a high note today like we like to because we have to discuss the special teams I will say there were a couple of spots here and there where this special teams was not quite the abysmal mess that a lot of people are making it out to be. I do give a slight uh, hat tip to Brendan Schooler, who was named as an NFLPA All-Pro. You don't get named that, folks, just by, you know, it's not a light process that goes into being named as such. Uh, He's a core special teamer. I think the Patriots clearly have a winner when it comes to him. They're going to need that because after 16 seasons, it's looking like Matthew Slater will be riding off into the sunset. And, boy, is that a significant void both in on-field prowess and in team leadership. A little tough for me to talk about Matthew not being with this team, so we'll save that discussion for when and if it actually happens. But if Matthew is moving on, Steve, this is a team right now that ranked 28th in overall DVOA when it came to special teams. Um that's a slight improvement from 32nd that they ranked in 2022. 
Cam Atchard probably looking elsewhere. This New England Patriots team is looking already to bring in new special teams blood. We've seen uh, the the list of candidates that are coming in to interview. Uh, Marquise Williams coming in from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Jeremy Springer coming in from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and then over the weekend, we heard about former New York Giants special teams coordinator, Thomas McGowey coming in and possibly taking over the reins of this special teams unit. Steve, is it a matter of not having the right pieces in place or is this a matter of these pieces just needing to perform better. If it's the latter, how do you evaluate their performance in 2023? How did the Patriots special teams get to this point? You know, um, that's a great question because you know, I think the the they have they have the players. I just don't think the the coaching was there because how many times did we see them make the same mistakes? False starts on on kicks or punts or you know field goal attempts, whatever you know. It, it, these were the same mistakes, and I think it goes back to the coaching. Um, you know, Bill is very loyal to his people, sometimes maybe to a fault, mm-hmm. and and I think they really need you know one of those three guys that you mentioned. I think they just need new blood in the coaching staff because Cam just wasn't getting it done. You know, Um, every year that he was uh, the coordinator, you know, uh, their special teams went way down. And, you know, I was hoping that with uh, Joe judge coming back to help him out last year, that we were going to see an uptick, you know, in special teams, it, it, it barely registered. They went from 32nd to only 28. But, you know, you look at guys. You have Slater, Schooler, you know, really solid. Phillips, really, uh, you know, uh, uh, Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I with, uh, you know, um, Marcus coming back to return kicks. I think, you know, um, Jalen Rager showed he has ability in that. So the pieces are all there, you know, no one spent as much money or time in practice um, working with the special teams than the Patriots did. I just think they need a change at the top with their leadership. Um, I thought, you know, they, they were absolutely horrible last year. Now, some of that, you know, we had a rookie kicker, you know, on the slate this year, and he struggled mightily. I I just think you know, um, you know they they need to give him the off season and say, look, you're still the guy, but we're going to bring in competition. So it's, now it's up to you, and they'll probably bring in a, a veteran or undrafted guy, and they'll have a kicking competition there, but. Um, I just think really, you know, the pieces are there. Um, So I just think it all comes down to the top guy. And I like the fact that they're bringing in new blood for the coaching, you know, interviews. And I think that really needs to be done. 
Yeah, I absolutely believe it needs to be done. The Patriots need a change, and they need a change quickly in the coach's room. It surprised me this year that this unit continued to regress or show moderate improvement at times from the unit that you saw in 2022 as opposed to 2023. But you're right, Steve. We saw the same things consistently over and over again. Egregious penalties, um, missed opportunities, missed tackles. Uh, even Brendan Schooler, who was named as a PFWA All-Pro, uh, missed tackles at times. Uh, started a rookie punter and a rookie kicker at the same time. An unusual distinction for the New England Patriots. Now, Bryce Barringer looks solid. He looks like a definitely a punter that you can build around. There were moments this year where he did look like a rookie, but for the most part, uh, this kid showed distance. He showed accuracy, and I think working consistently to get better, uh, you've got a keeper there in Bryce Beringer, and I'm very impressed by what I saw. Chad Ryland, I'm willing to give him a benefit of the doubt after a shaky rookie season. I think he's going to shake some of that off, but that 56-yarder that he hit in Denver uh, to win the game was not exactly an easy kick, folks. That is not a chip shot. He did it in clutch conditions, and I'm hearing a lot about that kick, that it wasn't a playoff game or it wasn't a real high-packed pressure situation. Um, for Chad Ryland, I assure you, folks, it was. Uh, this was probably the biggest kick that he had ever kicked to date at that point, and he made it. So give him the benefit of the doubt to see what happens next season. He deserves one more season to see what we've got there. The Patriots special teams unit has some work to do without any question. And I think it starts with fundamentals. I think it starts with these guys being properly coached, properly prepared, and being in the right place at the right time. If it wasn't for Brendan Schooler's heads up block against the Miami Dolphins, which was the highlight of the special teams unit for the year. Um, yeah, I think my grade might be a failure on this unit for 2024. I think that may help keep their head above water just slightly. But professor, what would you say for this special teams unit? How would you grade them out? D minus another D minus, and you know that we're not used to saying things like that. It's true in, in terms of Patriot positional. It feels groups, weird, but, yeah. but it is what it is, and they earn that. So, yeah, you know, they but have. one one thing to keep in mind about Chad Ryland, and I'm not comparing him with the player I'm going to mention, uh, Adam Vinatieri's <clears throat> excuse me rookie season, he struggled mightily too. And we all know point. how that turned out. Now, I'm not saying that Chad Ryland's going to be Adam Vinatieri. Okay. So, you know, put the torches and pitchforks away, folks. But, uh, you know, it's sometimes with a rookie, they, they go through that phase. And, you know, we'll see if he can get his confidence going. And, um, you know, I think he'll, he'll face competition in training camp as he should. But, uh, I'm not going to close the door on him just quite yet. You know, before we write his epitaph here in New England, let's give the kid one another full year uh, under a new regime, hopefully under a coaching staff uh, that's able to resurrect what this team does well, and then we'll see uh, where we are in terms of the uh, the kicking situation. So good drop in on Vinatieri there as well, because we all know that worked out pretty well. Doesn't he <laughs> has to again this time, folks, but... Don't always judge a book by its initial cover. Some guys need a little more time to round into form. Well, you know who doesn't need time to round into form? Our professor here. He has provided the grade sheet. The appraisal is in. The, the evaluation has been complete. And now Gerard Mayo can get to business in Foxborough. Steve, thank you for helping the Patriots get there. Thank you for choosing our platform here to be able to lend your wisdom and counsel 
But what can I say? I thank you for always taking time out and joining me here. It's an honor and a privilege to talk football with you. Before I let you go, bud, please let everyone know where they can interact with you, reach out to you, and what you got cooking in the balustrary kitchen there uh, from your great pen and great voice. <laughs> well, the kitchen is going to be busy um, because, you know, uh, we have a lot of food on the agenda. So, uh, but in the writing format, uh, I write for patsfans.com, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm on Twitter at SteveB7S of G, also on Facebook. Um, so, you know, Derek Havens and I will be recording a podcast tomorrow. We're going to be talking about much much of the same things you and I just discussed, mm. you know. And uh, and now Gillette Stadium is, you know, no longer the, you know, stomping grounds of Bill and Tom Brady. It's now Gerard Mayo's area, which I call Area 51. I so. love it. Steve was one of the first to label Gillette Stadium Area 51 when Gerard Mayo was playing, folks. For those of you that don't know, for the benefit of those new Patriots fans or listeners here that may not be Patriots fans, uh, Gerard wore number 51 as a linebacker for the New England Patriots. And Area 51 was where running backs went to disappear. You never saw them again when Gerard Mayo was out there because he had a way of being able to stuff the run and even get after a quarterback at time and make those types of things alien to your opposite team. So much like Area 51 where things go to disappear, yeah, that you can thank him for that. I think that's an excellent, excellent moniker. And, folks, I'm really surprised that did not take off as much as it should have, in my opinion. Uh, one of the best play-on words I've heard in quite some time. Tip of the cap, my friend. You deserve that, and that is uh, that is great. I love it. <laughs> I always loved it right from the moment I read it, and I still do to this day. So on that note, folks, we are not going to Area 51 here on Locked On Patriots. <laughs> we are staying right here, so I encourage you to stay locked in the Locked On Patriots. And on behalf of my good friend, Steve Balistrieri, I'm Mike DeBate, reminding you all to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. We'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked On Patriots.